You're listening to Colored Commentary, a Threaded podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Threaded and the ways to support and donate to this organization, check out wearethreaded.org. Now, here's the show. Well, how you doing, ladies and gentlemen? You are here for another episode of Colored Commentary, colorful conversations by colorful people about Christianity, culture, and race. I am here in the studio uh, as your host, Marcus Lloyd, and with me is your other host, Mr. Antoine Malone. What's up, Antoine? What's up? What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Are you testing the microphone? Hello, hello, it's hello. working. I don't mic know. Mic check, you... mic check. Okay, it's, one, it's two, on. Yeah. Rook it, rook it, For all of you listening, it's um, I'm excited to be indoors right now. It is It is H O T. It's it's H O T T. T T. T T T. Can we? Yeah, let's throw okay. a third, we'll go, we'll, we'll third in, in there, there just, just to make to, sure. Just make sure that people don't get arrested. Yeah, too much. By uh, although, in, look, and honestly, um, when I think about being things being hot, and I think about heat, yes. I do think about what we're experiencing. But I always, I always, and, and in reference to what you were just talking about with the uh, two consonants you put together, uh, I think about going to New York City in the summertime, and New York City in the summertime smells mm-hmm. like hot TT. That's what it does. It's 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 like H O T T T. Yes, lots of extra T's. It's coming up out of the vents when you walk through. Have it's you been? Just, have you been to New York in the summer? I have not. No, no. I've only been to New York in October. Was that the time that we went? I think, I think I've been was, I've been more than once, but oh, each okay. time it's been in, been the in fall. October. Okay, yeah. I couldn't. Remember. I think we went once. Yeah, it was in October. Yeah, it was in October. That's right, because I think I, I had I was I was in a sweater mode. I think at that point, sweater weather. Yeah, so I was always in the sweater. sweater but it's hot outside, y'all. Um, it is. But I shouldn't. We shouldn't complain because this is kind of it's kind of what it's supposed it, to be hot. I mean, it's yeah. Texas. Yeah, so that's true. It is, and it's July. Yeah, officially. Yeah, officially July, and so I think it's just because I got I was I was in. Um, I was in Houston. I actually went to Beaumont for a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Beaumont. Shout out to Beaumont. Hey, nobody ever gives a shout out to Beaumont. I know, there's nobody. I'm doing no, it. it's weird. I'll meet people, and all of a sudden, they're like, I'm from Beaumont. Me and too. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought Beaum- Beaumont was this really small town, and then I just keep, it is. I keep meeting people It's from the there. same. They, it's, they, it's they've all a, left. It's all... <laughs> It, everybody you're meeting is the same person. You it, just keep meeting the same person over and over again. The it's mystery, really probably just me. The mystery has been solved. Uh, yeah. But I went out of Beaumont family reunion and then went to you're Houston. The, the scroll. <laughs> you're the scroll. You're the scroll from from Beaumont for you Marvel fans out there. Which I don't know if we got a Marvel crowd here. Or not, what? But. Who is not a Marvel crowd? Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I know. This well, it's kind of a thing now because if you're watching Secret Invasion, oh, okay. the scrolls are a big part of that. Okay. That conversation. I haven't gotten into that quite I, yet. L. Jackson. Though. I know. I know that's. Going I, know, I just I, hadn't had time. I'm saying that, but I just watched one episode. <laughs> you made it sound like you're deep in. I know. I they know. only have what two out right now, or I mean, is it it's even like got three, the whole? I don't know. Two okay. or three. I don't know. Something like that. All I have to say, okay. I was I was in Beaumont and I went to Houston, uh, and Houston is just so hot. My mm. brother and his family were in town. The kids wanted to go to the pool, mm. and it was it was bathwater. Like it was not it's refreshing at all. In fact, uh, Lisa had to leave early from Houston to head back up to town. And uh, she got a rental car, and we went. Out. <laughs> we we were we were taking her luggage out to the rental car. It was parked on the street in front of my parents' house in the sun. 
We get out to the rental car. We can't figure out how to open the hatch, like the trunk. Can't figure uh, it out. Like, it doesn't have the little button. I try to put my foot under it. It's like a forward thing. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't open. There's one thing on the key, and we were literally out there almost like we were walking on hot coals. Mm. We had shoes on, but we were we had broken Still into hot. a flop sweat. You hear me? Wow. Like, every, and it got to the point where everybody was almost, like, panicking. Like, mm. we were going to be dead on the – we were sizzling. We were, we were literally being cooked mm. right there on the street. <laughs> and we, we – we just threw this. We just, oh, I said, look, just open up the back seat and just threw everything in there. And Lisa came out to leave. And we usually like to do a nice leave. We, you know, a little huggy. And yeah, yeah. Today. You're like, look, all right, we have no, a No, I was like, look, day. hey, stuff's in the back. <laughs> Bye. Like, I turned the car on for her. Like, a car's AC. Get in. I can't be out here anymore. Like feet hot. Um, it was everything. My whole body. I'm, I mean, full mm. flop sweat. So, this is what we, this See, is what we See, I ain't trying to do with. that much outside, man. Well, no. Well, no, you know what? Me and Lisa went out and did some backyard stuff. Wow. Was that like uh, the, the day that we got down to 91 and it was nice and cool? You know what? As a matter of fact, the other day <laughs> when it was 88, we did go out there. We put some lights in our backyard. Now, okay. Some little. Oh, some, like some landscape lighting or uh, uh, mood lighting? Some little, yeah, it's some little things on our on our fence or okay. whatever. Oh, okay. It uh, looks good, though. Oh, I'm sure it does. And, uh, but, but we did do it in the extraordinarily cool version. That's right. Of, it was, it June was weather downright fall like. 88 uh, degrees <laughs> in June was the time to go out and do look, stuff. Overcast. That's the right. sun wasn't out. It's good. It, it was perfect for here. That. In July or even June, it feels like Jesus is coming back. Mm, he said Jesus is coming back. That's right. Back. It's just surely because it felt like Sodom. hell. So <laughs> <laughs> please, Jesus My must be said it felt coming like back. <laughs> he ain't coming to... Anyway, he, <laughs> he's so coming to Texas. He's coming to hell. Is what uh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, he's coming to break. He's, cre- he's creating. Oh, okay. yeah, he's breaking us free uh, of the powers it, and principalities it sounded, it sounded of like hell. He was, saying he was on his way. No, to he's not. The he's hell that he's is already been there. He's taking care of everything. Texas. We don't need it curious. in case everybody yeah. was wondering. Maybe well, this is the hell. Well, it does. It does feel like it at times, and that has nothing to do with the weather. It feels like it sometimes with just the way that people are engaging with one another. Some of the stuff that we are It's just uh, a problem. It's it's just a yeah, problem. We, people... it's just in the race problem, if we if we do think about the race problem that we're engaging in, right? Uh, Christianity, culture, race, like we're engaging in that conversation. I think there are times in, in ways that it just feels like everything is is all is is all over the place. I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I it might be an overstatement to call it hell, right? Uh, but it might not be. So I'm gonna just leave the H E double hockey probably, stick out there for yeah, people. It's probably an overstatement, but you get it. It's hyperbole. I've, well, you know how people they they. <laughs> I, I, you, you'll, you'll get the I'll theological get the email, uh, email that's the like, email, hey, like, this yeah, is what this hell is, actually is. I know, I know. So, it, so please, we yeah, do know what email, hell is. Okay. We're just saying that it is a godless. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep going with that no. sentence? Okay. <laughs> so it, feel, right. it feels like a godless uh, society sometimes. Uh, right. And there's other people who would probably be like, I know that's what we're saying. That's why you shouldn't be talking about what you're talking about and be talking about this other. Right. I'm like, no, it's it's all connected. Well, to, anyway, yeah. So today, yesterday, today. Uh, I don't know if that was a great intro into today because I, I think it's an overstatement for basically what we're talking about today. But I know that it Probably. was. But I know that over the weekend. Um, uh, well, here's the thing. The, right. the thing Are is, you going to make the transition? You, well, yes, I know where you're going. But no, I, I want to watch you do it. It's oh, I wasn't going to, but oh. we can't. But no, but but the point I was going to make is, there's people who feel like maybe this isn't transition because oh, yes. it there's. I still run across people who yeah. feel like the race conversation we shouldn't be having. Okay. Like, we don't have a race problem in America. This sure. is what many people, and I don't know why. You guys are making it a race problem by talking about it is what, they would, what I hear. Right. Instead of 
uh, it actually being a race problem. And the, the thing we're going to talk about today was a response to a, ra- a race, what, what some might call a race problem. Mm. Um, it's, is the return is the re what's the word I'm looking for the know. re 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 pull. <laughs> no, whatever whatever the uh, is it what, a reparation is that what no what, <laughs> it's, it's whatever happens when you reverse yes the reversal of the uh, affirmative action I, I, that, that is a very simple word that I could not come that's up okay. with okay you got a lot of big words in your brain I and sometimes for it, you got to go down to the but it's the reversal deck. of the affirmative action yeah. stuff that came down from the Supreme Court and and I would just like to say that you know we are still working through racial dynamics okay. at the very minimum yeah regardless of what you think about affirmative action and whether it should or shouldn't be uh, we are still working through not just racial but other types of but uh, you know racial gender etc but race particularly yeah this affirmative action is believed to be a racial a, ra- a, a racialized law that um people have a thought about whether it worked didn't work should it should have been passed should not have been passed sounds like they're being critical about a race uh theory in law, well, no, I shouldn't. I tried to fit that. I tried to. I tried to, I tried to fit it in, but but they're being critical about a law that's supposed to affect race and deciding yeah. whether it worked or not, which sure. is which is which is precisely what, what? these three letter words that we are that people don't <laughs> like to that get triggered people. That's precisely what that was supposed to do. Starting so, with the C, yeah, with yeah. So CRT. Okay, just in case. I just want to make sure people know what's going on. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that yeah. So so. This reversal is is the real version of CRT in action, yeah. whether we agree or don't agree with it. It's looking at a law that's supposed to have racial consequences or benefits or uh-huh. a racial effect and wondering if it worked or not. And right. if it didn't work, reversing it. Yeah. Um, and isn't that hilarious? Who that, knew that, that <laughs> it looks like some people know how to do that. Right. And, and many of the people who, who were for this reversal are people who don't believe, don't believe. and are against yeah. the concept of uh, racial law evaluation in terms of calling it CRT. Um, yeah. Let me just say that was a good transition. Um, I know I'm usually the one. It was a very transits. long and well, wordy I transition. I didn't want to give all of that. I'm just going to give the. It was a good transition. I was. I'm very proud of you. Thank you for. Hey, I do what I can. Transitioning this. Thank yeah. you. I'll just accept the flowers. Uh, there you go. Take them. Uh, so again, talking about affirmative action and um, and and the the reversal of that, the repeal, even if we want to use, is that the word you were actually That's looking for? That's probably the word I was really uh, looking for. Yeah, whatever, repeal, reversal. I like them both, right? Uh, which was ultimately, you know, affirmative action was this um, this language that's kind of put into the legal system by executive order. Uh, I think it's uh, 11246, right, by Lyndon Bain Johnson, LBJ, uh, amended by Presidents Nixon and Clinton um, and, uh, and, and other subsequent presidencies as well, right? But uh, it, it's ultimately, um, it ensures that applicants are uh, employed uh, those those ultimately that are in, in engaging with the government uh, that they're treated during employment without regard to uh, uh, I, I guess the uh, or, or what am I trying to say <laughs> I'm trying to think about how I'm saying this because it's not coming out the way I want to do it ultimately there's a sense of which the the federal government and the people who were connected to and receiving money from the federal government uh, it was shown that they were actually taking into consideration 
uh, people's race and culture, particularly those who were non-white, and saying that we're not letting you in, right? That's ultimately where uh, America was. And that was the first, if I can say it like this, that was the first version of, of affirmative action. Right. This is before 1965 when LBJ signed it. The first version of LB, of, excuse, of affirmative action was when uh, white institutions, whether they be schools or the government, uh, gave preferential treatment to those with white skin and and denied certain things to people who didn't have white skin. So it was a, the default. It was yeah. The, it, was, it was the affirmative action default that didn't need legislating. It's, right. just, it's just how how the society was was handling hiring they exactly were, they were just doing well hiring and, and bringing people into schools yeah all those things all those and again things. it didn't have nobody called it affirmative actions they just called it uh, america right like it's yeah, just what it we did norm. yeah uh, it was the norm right and so that was being practiced for a long time and so what affirmative action was put into place to do was to make amends uh uh and try to to to, to make amends for the ways in which that was being done um by precluding and and ultimately challenging those institutions particularly those ones that were receiving money from the from the inst- from the, the federal government challenging them uh to open their doors to more diversity right and so they would be they would ultimately be evaluating them and seeing okay are you are you still going and and, and doing business in the ways that you did pre affirmative action laws are, are we starting to see some diversity coming into your spaces right if you're going to be doing getting money from the government we need to make sure that you are working towards diversity uh, and so those were those laws, right? And I think as it went along, uh, it and it didn't take but like two years, right, before right. people were already up in arms about it. In a case yeah. in in Florida, yeah. I think it was Baki versus. Um, oh, I should put this in the notes here. Uh, it's just in my brain. It's a uh, California, one of the uh, institutions in California, and ultimately uh, bringing uh, bringing sort of a pushback against the ways in which uh, in which he was treated coming into trying to get into the university because he's white. Yeah. Uh, and so that was immediate. And that already started to make adjustments to the affirmative action policies and laws. Right. But ultimately, affirmative action uh, just is a way in which we are trying to ensure that there is no um, old American norms that are taking place in which legacies and the what is it? The good old boy network uh, continues to bring in people that look like them, but they open it up and bring it in uh, to in other ways uh, that, that, are, that are diverse. Now, there's two versions of affirmative actions that I think people talk a lot about. And that's process oriented and goal oriented, right? Mm. And so process okay. process oriented is looking at the process and trying to create uh, the process in such a way that it doesn't inhibit people from coming in because of the color of their skin, right? Um, goal oriented goes down the process or goes down the the, um, the track of saying we're trying to uh, we have a goal that we believe that diversity is actually going to be helpful for our institution. And so we have a goal of bringing in not necessarily X number of people because that's a quota system, which quota systems are not a part of. They're illegal. They're not a part of the affirmative action plan. So if you're thinking it's all about quotas, quotas are not in there. Uh, That's a whole nother thing. And that's illegal. But they are looking and saying we would like to have a representation from multiple uh, types of cultures and ethnic groups because we feel like it actually helps us be a better institution. So that's a goal-oriented process. Now, when you say we, are you is that is that just for clarity? Is that legislative we, or is that just a, a company making that goal for themselves? Yeah, that's a company making that making that right. Um, again, the the, the uh, idea of affirmative action comes with a much broader thing. But when organizations, institutions start to in, uh, engage it, they're thinking in those terms: goal-oriented or process-oriented affirmative action, right? Um, and I think where we're talking about affirmative action right now, um, and you can tell me what you think about that, but I think 
the reason why a lot of the repeal uh, came through is because um, people are looking at it in terms of this process version in which they're going, it needs to be, it needs, it is unconstitutional to create a process in which you give, um, you give um, preference, uh, preference, you give preference to someone because of the, the color of their skin or their race or culture. And so that's a process. And so that's where <laughs> people go, this is a meritocracy and it mm. should just be based on merit. Mm. So we, we need not, we need not create a process in which you are, you are being forced to as a person who's hiring or an institution or even practicing where you're looking at people by the color of skin and making decisions that way. So that's a, that's a broad overview. I think of some stuff we can talk about more, but I think yeah. that, that sets us mm. a little bit. So when you heard that, um, mm-hmm. this repeal reversal, mm-hmm. what, what went through your mind? What, what was kind of first instinctual thoughts? Well, the truth is for me, I eventually affirmative action should go away. I'm going to start there because it's a response. It, we are, I always think about the monopoly example we always give. We always give the monopoly example where, you know, if I'm playing with a group of people and, and they deny me my turn yeah. three or four times, right? And then fi- finally someone comes in and says, hey, that's not fair. You need to let him have his turns. You're probably going to give me my turn four times in a row, which is not in the Monopoly rules. Uh, sure. You know, so that so someone could rightly say, hey, he's breaking the rules by going four times in a row without context of the fact that I have been missing my turns because you denied them to me. Um, So, um, but it's only four turns, right? It's not that I get to roll continually, consecutively for for the rest of the game. Like, there's a time when um, I was denied and there will be a time period that um, I am afforded um, an exception for moving forward in response to that denial. Uh, but then that time runs out. So at some point, affirmative action is going to be a conversation that we have. We, we are going to have, I believe, this is my two cents okay. on that. I think we are going to end up having to have a conversation to say, hey, at what point is is this law no longer necessary? Right. right? Uh, when will it have indeed run its, uh, run its justice course? So that was my first thought. The, my second thought was not today. <laughs> Today is not that moment. That we we it, we're we're not we're not quite there yet. Uh but it does what I what I wish we would have had was a more um which you know which is so hard to have these days. Uh a an adult conversation about the longevity of affirmative action and and talking about it from all the angles. How would we know we don't need it anymore and you know what good does it serve et cetera et cetera et cetera. And it doesn't seem to me, I mean, at least not publicly. I don't. I don't know if the Supreme Court talked about that sort of thing among themselves or not. But uh, the public discourse around it um, doesn't seem to have talked about it enough that we could, um, you know, intelligently, in any, intelligently yeah. uh, be able to decide. Okay, this is this is what use this has had in our society, positive or negative, and is it something that's that's good or bad? Uh, the other thing is. Well, that's. I'll let you, let you tell me what you're thinking about that. Well, I, I I agree in the sense of eventually it it would go away because things have become more opportune for all parties. Uh, I don't know if there's a time 
timing on that, right? Some people are like, hey, it's been 50 years. This should be good. Um, and I do think that a good conversation would be helpful. I don't think the Supreme Court has those kinds of conversations about um, thinking about, okay, what True. will it take to uh, actually create a society in which all people will be given equal yeah. opportunity? Yeah. They're just looking at the constitutionality. Yeah, but that's where it. I get. That's where I come with the with the monopoly thing. Right. Because sure. If you look at the rule of monopoly, then no players should be rolling four times in a row. But we all know, <laughs> you know, if we were in that context, that well, we're just going to do it right here. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's the thing that if if I can say my response was, I, I, well, I won't get. I, because there, there was some emotion in the response, right? But I, I think the frustration of what you just said in the midst of, we all know that there was a point in time in which a group of people, white people, were only ones rolling the dice in Monopoly. They right. were the only ones playing the game. And and even, and we also know, in the midst of just continue, I'll, we can probably throw more metaphors in because we always like to do metaphors, right? All but day, monopoly, every day. But keeping with the monopoly metaphor, we know that if you go, if you are the first ones to roll and you yeah. get to roll three, it's four times so before, you, you get first, you get the property first. And then even if I do get to roll four times, I don't get the same opportunity to get the property. Uh, I'm likely landing on your on property. your property and paying you. So it's like, yes, please keep rolling. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to roll at all. I'm exactly. Safe. And in yeah. fact, when you that study has been done uh, with with people where they play the sort of racial justice, systemic racism, monopoly game, which my family absolutely they hate playing it. Uh, they're like, Dad, we are so sick. Look, we playing this game. You go figure this out. <laughs> um, but when they did the when they did the study of of doing this. Mm. They had actually three groups. They had one group that rolled, I think it was seven times before, and then the second group came in and rolled seven times, and then the third group came in after that. And, of course, in the first rolls, everybody's getting their stuff, right? Second roll, sometimes, second group, they get a little bit of stuff, right, whatever. But the third group, they ain't nothing left on the board. Right. And the when they they're interviewed the people, the they're, just, they're just paying. In fact, Almost. and when they interviewed the, the participants, the thing that kept coming up is they said, I just kept hoping I would be put in jail. Yeah. So that I can have some times where I was not paying other people, yeah, which I thought crazy. was really fascinating and a whole nother podcast. Right. But I was I was I think that's the part that bothers me the most is that whatever whatever progress I think that we are making, the way that they articulated this constitutionality makes me believe that we are not making the progress. Yeah, because it is it is not it is un. It is not it act for me. It is not intellectually, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, honest, honest, to to look at a law and claim it unconstitutional when the reason that the affirmative action was created is because it had been practiced very unconstitutionally for decades. Right. And, and you could say hundreds of years, but I'm, I'm going to just go even to just the end of slavery as a, as a starting point. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it doesn't and everybody knows it. Yeah. But they would your, your naysayer is going to say, but it wasn't a law. Uh, what do you mean? Like the, uh, the, 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 the what you're what you're articulating as the original affirmative action. No. Well, was it wasn't legislated. It was just culturally norm. No. Well, you can look back to the ways in which people were supposed to be treated in. Uh, I think it's the 14th Amendment, where it's just the rights and citizenship. True. Right. I think that that's where you probably pick True. it up. 
is, and again, we know that even at that point in the 14th Amendment, the rights of citizenship to be treated equally, right, and everybody gets the access, we still go through 60-plus years of Jim Crow. Uh, that is, right. I, again, overtly. I just, I just need you to get all that out because the naysayer would have tried to get you on the legislation. Oh, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because it, it doesn't have to. It doesn't. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have to just be a moral thing. Uh, we can look at legislatively. And before that, again, uh, again, morally, you can go further, but definitely legislatively by the 14th Amendment, we should be good. Um, and that's what's, again, uh, infuriating. And so it was kind of a gut punch to me. Real? When it happened, it was. Um, and here's and here's another. So, thing. A, in, uh, so I'll get to my second thought. Well, in, in here, well, get to your. Well, I'll say this. Part of the reason it was a gut punch to me too is because. So I was having a conversation with a cat about this today. Uh, a good guy, right? It, kind of a, 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 if you can call it egalitarian minded, um, not a Christian. We were just having a conversation. He was talking about this, and he said the words, right? And he he found them when he said them. He's like, I know, but he said. You know, I think this is okay because you you know, and he said it as if I know, you know that my children and your kids, like, they didn't have anything to do with this, right? And so mm. you need to make these changes. And he's like, I know, I know that that they're, that this has happened and that we are responsible. We need to fix the problems, whatever. But they didn't have anything to do with this. They shouldn't have to kind of suffer in this space with that. Mm. And I was like, it's very convenient. It's a white guy. It's very convenient for you to say now that you're that the kids had nothing to do with it and so they shouldn't be punished when your kids ultimately are the beneficiary of the 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 if you can call the what happened historically uh yeah. bad behavior yeah they're the beneficiary of the mm -hmm. bad behavior and my kids are the ones paying the consequences negative consequences for the bad behavior and so now to take away the thing that was trying to correct the consequences of the bad behavior and put it in such a sense that now Everybody just has to live with the consequences of the benefits. Yeah. It's yeah, it's see that yeah, to say it differently. Oh wait, and it doesn't create a society that is going to make uh his kids safer. Uh because that's what they're saying. I you know, I want my kids to have opportunity and be, mm. you know, safe and all these things. Well, mm -hmm. not safe, probably just have opportunity. But it doesn't create a safer environment because if you keep kicking people, when they get in power, they come back and kick again. Is that what he was saying? No, I'm saying, saying like yeah. this. We already have these conversations True. of civil war and yeah. things are going on. And if the majority becomes those people of color and the people of color keep getting these bus cuts and bruises and kicks in the stomach, mm. then when it's their time to rule, mm. what happens right now? I, I tell people make friends, not enemies. True. It's this a, is opportunity. Diversity is increasing, not decreasing. Not decreasing. So yeah. put your kids in a position where they don't have to deal with the consequences mm. of your foolishness. Mm. I, I mean, that's, I think, yeah, that's, that's it's not the way people think about it. They I think it, we, we're going to hold on to power. I mean, you, there are, if we got power, then whatever. Another way to think about what you were talking about earlier, though, where you're saying, hey, you know, the benefit, it's easy for him to say that because, you know, his kid doesn't stand to, to lose you know uh, someone may be having a trouble with that and i'm like the thing is that the default behavior of the american politic still is to favor white people i believe is true now i can't empirically prove it at the moment right but my would belief, you like me to empirically prove you, it? you probably could but hold <laughs> on but, but 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 my point is the law is there to deal with the default behavior that isn't helpful for society right and if the default behavior is it's not helpful, then you have to, 
you have to tell someone to not act out of their defaults, mm -hmm. you know, with a law. That's what you're trying to do, you know, and if, if it works, it, it, it works. And if it doesn't work, then they get penalized. Um, the default behavior of America is to hire white for the most part um, or, or to or to admit white because it's still the norm and our default behavior even if we don't see white persons as more valuable than other persons of color, they're more normal to us than other people. And we just will hire the people that we're most familiar with, that create the least path of resistance of, of keeping this thing um, together. And that means that the well-qualified non-white persons don't have the one thing the qualifier for them, you know, they don't mm -hmm. have this thing that default behavior would 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 favor. Um, you're going to hire the people who you like, who you who, you know, who, who are most like you a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Call that a culture hire uh, in many cases. Mm -hmm. um, and so undoing the affirmative action uh, doesn't hurt the persons for whom nor for who match closest to what normal is. Right. Cause that will be the, oftentimes that's, a, that's the, that's the uh, determinant, you know, that's the, the tiebreaker. You know, if, if you have two equally qualified persons, which I like to mention the myth here that affirmative action is not about letting unqualified uh, persons absolutely. in over qualified <laughs> persons, what we're dealing with is two or whatever, a series of qualified persons. Um, you know, you, how do you how do you make a distinction? Well, one of those distinctions might be, hey, we desire to be a little more diverse in our community, in our schooling or in our workplace. And so we'll take we'll, we're going to hire this person because we we value that diversity as something that's beneficial, like you said, to our company and to our school. And it's, it's, it's an added value. So that's 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 a positive kind of I mean, it's a positive only if that institution is not always hiring diversity. Yeah. I was telling my wife this, like if there was a quota, there's not, but if there was a quota of 15% um, diversity hires, that only matters to you if you are typically hiring 100% non-diversity people. Yeah. If you are in a normal practice of hiring diverse people, 15% would be nothing to you. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's just, that law means nothing to you at all. You, you just... You just hire people who are different all the time because you see the value in that. If you happen to be someone who doesn't do that, who is 90% one, uh, one particular um, race or what have you, then maybe you should have to think about, you know, hey, why, why are we hiring in this way? Our defaults are in the way of uh, maybe we do have some latent discrimination um, in our, our, our hiring processes. It's it's a weird thing because my other thought was that affirmative action only affects the people who don't hire diverse or who don't who don't give diverse access. Yeah. Because the people who do give diverse access, they're unfaded by affirmative action. They don't need it. They do it anyway. Um, only only the people who don't do it, <laughs> who are like, wait a minute, you're gonna make me have to do this? Well, yeah, because the other nine times potentially that you had an opportunity to hire diversity, you chose white. So maybe this one out of 10, we are going to ask you not to do that. That's only effective to you if you did the nine. Sure. Yeah. If you did five and five, one doesn't make sense or one doesn't matter to you rather, or two or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so the only person that's really frustrated in some ways about affirmative action 
are the people who need it. <laughs> you know, because the people who don't need it, they ain't think about that. You just hire who you hire. Right. And I think it's going to be interesting, right? Because part of it is it's saying that to even do even do what you're saying in the idea of people just naturally hiring uh, via thinking about culture and race, uh, that that is unconstitutional, right? Um, so you can look at even the ways in which a lot of, I think, it's, again, it's fascinating, right? Some of the politicians where they, they do things and say things like, you know what, my next hire is going to be a, a, an African-American male or whatever. They can't do that. Now, they shouldn't have done it before. They shouldn't have said none of that before. Right. But they, now, that, now it becomes a place in which people can point and go, look, you're being unconstitutional. You're going against the Constitution, X, Y, Z. Um, I think that people can still have goal-oriented uh, approaches. They can still be like, uh, I understand that, um, that I can't create a process ultimately that in which I am guaranteeing that I'm going to be doing this. But I can put some goals in there, and, and as an organization, we can say, hey, here's some of the goals we want to be able to uh, reach the Hispanic community <clears throat> in better ways because it's actually going to take up uh, – it's going to affect our bottom line in very positive ways. And those who are in the hiring process recognize that they need to look for people who are going to – and you can say that who, who are the people that uh, most respond to uh, – who, who Hispanics most respond to? Probably people who look like them. So for you to go now have a conversation with these Hispanic uh, uh, clients – it's going to be uncomfortable for you. Wouldn't it be better if we had a Hispanic person in here to go and engage that, that group and feel they feel comfortable? Yeah, that's actually a better idea. It doesn't have to be a policy or a, a, a place of, of quotas or percentages. It just becomes a point of this is how we want to do business better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a hard place. I, I, it's, it's tough. And again, white persons <clears throat> who would be, you know, um, and I'm saying white persons because I think the only person that have a problem with firm action is white persons. Oh, so, no, 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 oh, no, no, not no, really. because actually the reason why or well, not <laughs> my, 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 my Asian brothers get they get pulled into everything. They do. They get pulled they into do. everything. Now, nobody I didn't see. I didn't see nobody on that stage who was making announcements about affirmative action to be Asian people. But one of the, the key uh, uh, not to, you know, to out front ideas was that it it found that it affirmative action actually affected the Asian American community the most, right? Because if you think about it, <clears throat> based on how academics are working in this particular country, you have a larger, if you say, okay, here are all the qualified people, if you will, right? Because like you said, this is not about unqualified and whatever. It's they're all they're people. This is a, a, a bucket full of qualified people that people are choosing from, that organizations right. are choosing from. Right. Now in that bucket, the larger percentage of that bucket are Asian Americans, Right. And so if you're thinking, I want a, even if it's in your brain, a kind of percentage, or I want to be able to make sure I have whatever, um, the people who are going to, the amount of people who are going to lose out the most are Asian Americans because they, they actually encompass a larger uh, part of that bucket, right? Now, again, if there's, I don't even know, I'm doing math here right off the head of my head, and this is always dangerous, right? Um, but if you have, you know, 20 jobs and you've got, uh, you got 30 uh you got 30 Asian Americans and you've got 10 African Americans and you got 20 uh, white people and, and another, you know, 10 Hispanic people. I know there's other cultures out there. I'm just trying to get in fours here. And you got, you got 20 jobs, right? And you want to do five, five and five. Now a, a larger portion of African Americans and Hispanics uh, are going to get jobs. Now the same amount of Asian Americans got the jobs too. It's just a larger, a larger uh, percentage did not get to engage. So right. that's where uh, Asian Americans are are kind of becoming. I'm not going to say the scapegoat because I do want to honor that that's that that's happening, 
But because we know in the race conversation so many times when people want to make a point about race, and particularly when they're when they're pushing against African Americans, Hispanics, they bring Asian Americans into the place so that they can go, well, these folks are getting hurt, and so we need to make sure nobody gets hurt, right? So, or these folks are, are doing better. What's wrong with you? That kind of thing. I can get a, I can I can do a whole other podcast on that. Sure. So all that to say, um, that's part of why not just white. It wasn't just white. In fact, the people who were benefiting the most were white women. Right women. Uh, right. Yeah. So it, it, right. It, so it I should have said white male but yeah this is what i'm talking about right so uh definitely asian americans all all across the board uh and then white males right um so those are the ones um who were who yeah were. and and here's the thing about the affirmative action stuff too like you know it's one thing if we're in a place where the culture is reconciling with diversity well and the growing diversity yeah. of america well and we we're accepting that new reality as the the country is is looking different and it's going to look different in the future. And um, we don't need this because we we have outgrown the need for this. Like in that context, sure, we don't we, we wouldn't need affirmative action. It's, it's a, again, it's the people who would need it are no longer do, making that making the choices. So <laughs> so we don't need the law now. The default is no longer what it was. So we don't need a law to counter that old default. The problem we have with today is we are in the middle of cultural conversations about the value of persons. And um, whilst in the middle of this conversation where, you, where we are vehemently disagreeing with each other in foolish ways in a lot of times, but this in, in disagreement to pass a law like this in the middle of this is not just divisive uh, and, you know, it, it it's 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 terrible timing is it terrible i was gonna i was sounded, gonna say it's like we're getting uh, just, charles barkley in terrible here. yeah it's, it's, it's a terrible it's, it's a terrible time <laughs> it's the it's it's not the size that you would want when you're like hey you know what i can imagine a day where we don't need affirmative right. action that day looks like today yeah. no <laughs> it doesn't look right. like today at all we're arguing about the lives of black matters uh, uh the lives of black people mattering enough you know uh that no, uh, that this ain't the move. We're 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 hearing people say you will not replace us. Right. That's not the environment where you want the persons who are in power worried about being replaced to not have to hire people that are not like them. Like right. that's that's the opposite of of these are. This is not the time to to do that, and that's that's the timing is just terrible on it. Yeah, and I think you're, and I think. E- e- the conversations are one thing, but we're still looking at these sort of markers of, of inequality that are out there. I mean, there's still these monster gaps, wealth gaps and education uh, opportunity gaps, right? These things that are, are, are happening. Um, and so, again, I, I, I am I am all for being done with affirmative action. Like, I don't want it um, because there is an aspect of where people... Look, I, I, I probably nobody wants to be the diversity hire. Well, yeah, and nobody, and nobody, you know what? It's, it's the worst. I mean, like, we'll we, take it. So, well, it, <laughs> but, but, well, you have to, you have to get into the mind of we'll take it because we understand what it's like when you don't, when you have, don't have you it, don't right. have it. But you have to go and look. I went to, a, I went to a, a fairly, a fairly highly rated college and university, right? And so when I'm there, one of the problems that happened is that people just assumed I was there because of affirmative action policies, or they assumed I was there because I played a sport. And so those were the those were the two options. I wasn't there because I was a, a, a star student, right, or had an academic scholarship. All of those things are true, 
Um, I was there because I either beat some other white dude out, ultimately white guy out, uh, or I, I got him because of sports, right? I don't like that. And, and, and even, uh, even uh, Michelle Obama talks about that, I think, in her book, Becoming, where she talks about the idea of being, I think she was at Harvard. I think, I think Barack went to Yale. She went to Harvard. And if it, uh, but anyway, she's there. And, and having people look at her and just assume that she's only there because of affirmative action. Right. Which has a whole nother uh, there's a whole nother issue with that kind of with that kind of uh, if I can say kind of white uh, supremacy, if you will. Uh, there's a, that, that would be aspects of that where you when you see somebody of color, you just assume that they are not capable enough or qualified enough, but that somebody had to give them a handout to get there because ultimately at the bottom of that thought process is this pervasive idea that they are inferior and incapable of being as talented and as intelligent as white people. And this is where it's a, this is where it's a problem. So you've still got all these gaps that are still showing white people that are engaging. You've got these yeah. sort of deep seated sort of biases that, that people don't even really understand and see. You've also got the FBI talking about that the greatest threat to America, uh, terrorism in America is white supremacists. You've got reports talking about the white supremacists who are who are who are making their way into federal jobs, police jobs, corporate jobs, right? right? And so these these you've got all I mean actual intentional overt white supremacists, but then you've also got these studies that are showing that people just and you said it earlier they just res, they just pick the people who look like them and are like them when all else things are quote unquote equal. They create. They create a, a version and justification in their mind to pick the person that's more like them, uh, even though they are equal with someone who's different, right? And, and if you haven't read it, there's a we we did because we did an affirmative action episode like in our very first. I feel season. like it was it was our very on, first season. Amanda yeah. Gio, Dr. Amanda Gio, oh, that's came right. In, we talked about that. it, and we talked about this book by Beverly Daniel da, uh, Daniel Tatum. Uh, Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? And there's a really great chapter, chapter seven. Uh, in which uh, she goes in on affirmative action and she talks about uncomfortable egalitarians or averse racism. These are people who speak about everything being equal, but when the push comes to shove and they got to make a decision between two people who are different cultures uh, but have the same test scores, if you will, in college admissions, that they choose the one that's closest to them. Yeah, uh, majority, it's, of the and it's just human behavior. You don't sure. have to be a terrible person no, to do that. Like, no, absolutely, like you're going to choose the person you like, and I believe the. The, the more this person is like me, the more I like them. <laughs> right. You know, the more normal they feel to me. Normal is the word. You know, it, it's, it just is what it is. There's another piece of this, right? And uh -huh. maybe, you know, we could, I don't know if we want to get too deep into this. Well, we're into probably going to need to. But the, but the um, affirmative, uh, the naysayer uh, would say, you know, hey, again, we don't live in a racialized um, society in the way that these races are negatively affected by systems. Um, you've got to prove that we live that there's a need for affirmative action, right? Okay. And that brings up the what you mentioned earlier, disparities. You know, and we've talked about this before. You know, and and this is the challenge. And I would love to. I mean, I don't know. I know we don't have a great way to hear from people, but I, I'm always asking the question: How would you, how would you prove a dis a disparity existed like what's what's the proper proof for a disparity because w affirmative action is saying that 
persons of color are disproportionately given access um, because of their because of their skin color or because of their race or their ethnic culture and keep talking i just want to add in I, it's also was created because because women were and issues. and gender yeah, yes yeah. so i just want to because i know there's well. somebody out there it ain't just about race it's one it's also okay we got you so let me just okay. let me do the explanatory I, is, comment that, there I, 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 do, and, I do hear that yeah, yeah, go for it. yeah but um yeah so all those things right but you've got to prove that affirmative action actually solves a problem which means you got to prove that the problem exists which is a disparity the problem we're saying the problem is disparity you know and a lot of people, you know, um, they'll it, all of the numbers that are presented that would prove a disparity. They were like, well, this could be because of this and this could be because of this. And, you know, they find a way to yeah. they find a way to neutralize the disparity numbers to which I want to ask the question. OK, so what would be a good you know, what would be a good way um, to prove disparity, you know, um, and. Uh, because I think that's at the core of it. People think, no, actually, the fear, I think, is if someone's saying, hey, we actually don't believe there are disparities, then what they're saying is that either you are you have bad information or that you are acting on bad information or that you just want preference. You know, you just want preference instead of me having preference. Yeah. And you're trying to turn this thing upside down where – I know what you're doing here. You're trying to make it to where um, you don't want it to be equal. You keep talking about equality, but you actually don't want equality. What you want is f- you want to be in the supremacist position or you want to be in the favored um, position. And and I believe that a lot of persons who are um, reacting to affirmative action or reacted to the affirmative action initially was worried that that that, that the thing is being flipped. And sure. And it's not about equality at all. You're saying equality, but you really want to persecute us. It's <laughs> what they might say. Sure. So, and 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 the the way to get around it is to prove the disparity. But if there's no way to prove the disparity, then you just end up in this agitated conversation. Yeah, and there's. And I'm not asking you no, no, to no, prove but the disparity. No, no, well, I'm just I'm throwing the I'm conversation to, out there. I don't I don't I don't need to prove the disparity. The disparities have been proven, right? But there's this epistemology of ignorance, as Dr. Michael Emerson talks about, where mm. people they want to believe what they want to believe. I, I, I so my son said this to me the other day, right? And I just want people to think about it. The majority like just go into a just go into a city, right? This isn't in rural spaces because although you can see it here too. And he's like why is it every time we go into a fast food restaurant, the people behind the counter are brown people? Why, why is that the case? And I tell him, it's like, well, again, disparities, right? History, all these things that people are trying to kick out. Why is it that, that every time we celebrate, we celebrate the first brown person, the first black person? Why are we still celebrating things as firsts in this country? Why is it that I just played golf at a country club in Beaumont that was, listen, it was half a mile from my grandmother's house and I'd never heard of it before. Mm. You know why? Because I don't remember when it finally opened because black people were never allowed to go play at this course. And if they worked there, they had to go in a particular door behind Mm. to do that. Now, this is a half a mile from the place I spent summers. I, I never 
Nobody talked about this course. I never did. And here we out there, four black men, five, six black men out there playing the other day. Hmm. Why is that? Why is that still like this thing that? Why is it that I am the gen? You and I are the first generation of African Americans to have to be born with all of our rights and privileges, and that that's not a thing that we understand how close this racism, how these 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 racial uh, history, how much it affects life every day. Right. So again, I I don't. People, you only have to use your little eyeballs and you can look <laughs> around. You can go to every, look, every place in the city you don't want to go. Who's there? Who's in that city? Do you think that they just decided, oh, we just want to be here. We just want to be poor. We want to live in these rundown homes. And I think, Antoine, at the end of the day, that's exactly what they think. I think us. I think so, too. Not I only think, do, not think, only do they think, think these and that contributes to that supremacist well, thinking. And it's not even that they think that we the, want to be there. their choices or their inability to make good choices. Yes, and it, and it keeps going deeper. It's it's not even that. It, it's, it is a pathology of inferiority that they, they are unable to make good choices. Yeah. Because if you think about it, as soon as we started talking about, and I'm going to get into this right now. Because everybody's like, this is more than a black and white issue. I hear you, but people are always going at, they are trying to distance themselves from black people and they are always more upset about black people getting things than anybody else. So when affirmative action came in, it was it was protected groups, black people, uh, that was uh, uh, women, dis disabilities, but everybody took it around black people, right? Nobody ever says, oh, my kid lost a, a got lost his place in college because this uh, disabled child got it and he was unqualified. Nobody ever says that. No. They always go, oh, this black guy got in, this kid down the street, and he wasn't even qualified. Yeah. A, how were you? You weren't even in the room. Yeah. You don't know what the kid's scores look maybe like. And why, women, maybe women. Maybe. Some of them. Yeah, but, yeah, and how do you know the process? How do you know how? Whatever. All that to say, they're really upset when black people do it because here we are. As soon as Asian Americans were having were having a problem, they were quick to be like, "Oh, we can't let Asian Americans do this." Why? Because as they've always done with our brothers and sisters who are Asian American, they have made this this model minority, and they believe that we can give them opportunities, and they will make good out of those opportunities. But you can't give Black people opportunities because they won't make good out of them. That's underneath all of that is they do not believe that we have the capacity and the ability to do the right thing. And if we haven't, and if we do it, it's only because we haven't, we haven't uh, found a, we haven't found a way to uh, succumb to our natural tendencies. As somebody said to me once, mm, right? Tough. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I know. I know. These, these, are the, these are the conversations wow. that, that this generation of black people who are here, you and me have had to endure. I, I don't know where you're, how much you have endured, but when I, growing up in a predominantly white space, I always say I'm on the front line of all of the practice of racism that white people wanted to try. Whatever they wanted to try, whatever thoughts they had about black people, I was the first one to experience it before it got to uh, um, a, 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 a South Dallas area, right? South Dallas felt it systemically, and I felt it very personally in your face. This is what people would say to you. So... I say all that, and I just got I just got a little heated on that, just a little bit. Okay, but man. it was put a it little was, hot sauce on it. I put a, just a little hot sauce on it, right? Because at the end of the day, what this and this is why it hit me in the gut is that it's just constantly people succumbing to this false narrative that has been perpetuated about black people since we arrived here against our will. 
that you are just inferior and not deserving of anything. Yeah, because the the pushback is that the pushback is meritocracy, which assumes that the persons who benefited from affirmative action didn't merit it. Right. That's the assumption. Now, you didn't you didn't say it like most most persons would say, no, I didn't say that they didn't deserve it. But if your answer to uh, affirmative action is meritocracy, then you are suggesting that affirmative action does not that meritocracy does not factor into affirmative action. You're assuming that the two are opposites or somehow uh, yeah. uh, mutually exclusive. Yeah. And uh, one has merit. One the, one what, person has merit and the other yeah. does not. And we all we all know that most lot, most of the way the world works is merit plus at least. You know, oftentimes it's not even merit. It's who you, you we've, we, yes. we we we. I tell my kids now, hey, sometimes it's not. What you do is who you know. You probably, if you're a dad, you probably said that to your child. You yeah. know, hey, sometimes it's who you know. Right. Don't burn no bridges. Right. right? Be, be, be right to everybody. You never know who will need to help you in the future. Right? And a lot of jobs are gotten not on merit, but on relationship. Oh, my gosh. 90 plus percent of jobs. Yeah. Is on who you know, who you know, and 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 it helps. You know that that really does end up factoring. Now that doesn't mean that the two can't work together, but it. What we can't say is that meritocracy is the one and only way that we handle access. No, uh, no, that's not how we 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 haven't done that no. way in a long time. Yeah, meritocracy is one of many factors. You minimally need to be qualified, but the rest of it. There's a lot of other reasons. You got to be the right fit. You got to you got to fit into a series of other potential um, uh, boxes that that make you have access to job or school or what have you. Um, uh, it's not just meritocracy, which is why I say for someone to bring up meritocracy is to assume that merit was not a part of the decision in the first place, which leads you into what you're saying. That makes it that communicates. Okay, so you assumed that I didn't merit it. And the only way I can reconcile that assumption is that you assume that I am somehow inferior just on the base, just on the basis of, of what I look like. Right. Right. Or or of my gender or of my race. Uh, And that is the racist or sexist thought, right. That assigns value without qualification to someone, you know, demeans value, you know, without, without good cause. Well, um, and, and meritocracy is being put out here as this sort of um, moral. Um, what's the word here? It, yeah, virtue. Moral virtue that is next to godliness. Sure. Right. In the sense of everybody should work for whatever they're going to get. Oh. And ding, ding, ding. Imagine if we had had to have that as our moral virtue to be accepted into the family of God. Yeah. Right. It's a grace base. Now, I don't want to get deep. I mean, I, I, that's for me. That's right there. But I just need to drop I'm it not, in just because I need this. Be- go anywhere else because because I know people are going to be like, you know, there's there's all kinds of naysayers on yeah. all this kind of stuff. So what are you trying to say? So you just getting in on grace and it's yeah. not merit. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you, if you're sitting here running your mouth talking about meritocracy, that this is your moral. This is your your foundational argument is meritocracy. Then you're going to have a big problem when you go to this cross because the cross says Nothing to do with meritocracy. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, what I would articulate, too, is uh, since we talked about, you know, these virtues or values, even 
is that there are lots of cultural values. We do, you know, for those of you who don't know, again, this, this, this podcast is supported by Threaded, which is an organization that is a biblically-based racial reconciliation, unity, and justice ministry that does a lot of things. We work and help individuals move down these processes, moving from conversations to, uh, to community action. But we also help churches, right, who are working in the midst of conversations and things, move towards collaborative uh, cross-cultural community action, right? We're moving away from just relationship building into actual action, right? Uh, and so one of the things we do in the very front of our process is we actually do cultural intelligence training, right? And we talk about these values that are very specific to different cultures based on a, a whole study that I don't have time to get into. But at the very, at the, there's a cultural values uh, teaching that we do that's a domestic version, international. In the domestic, it deals with a lot of more race conversations. And so there are values that are very specific to certain races and not specific to others. Individualism versus collectivism is a huge one. There's a way in which that uh, our Caucasian brothers and sisters think of things as me, and that's not necessarily self-centered. They just think of themselves as individuals as opposed to where the rest of the world <laughs> and the rest of the races, if you will, out there, think of themselves as a collective, as a part of a people group. Uh, and they so they think of themselves in the we version of that, right? So this idea of thinking individually is where we are right now in the midst of the affirmative action conversation. We're thinking that each of these individuals should have uh, uh, we should be working to make sure that the individual does not get harmed in this. But what we're losing out is the collective, not just the collective as far as a group of people, although that is the conversation. We should be thinking about this as the collective of the American society and as, as, as society as a whole. Because if you have a situation in which we find that there are specific groups of people that are losing in the midst of this and very uh, are not prospering and not getting opportunities to prosper, it affects the entire community, right? It, and I know historically part of the reason they kept people in the lower realm of the, of, uh, uh, of, uh, of the class is because they needed that class workers, those low class workers to do those dirty jobs. And I think some of that is playing out here. But it, not giving people who have the ability, right? Because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are have the ability, have the intelligence, right? But maybe don't have the opportunity and the resources that others have. Giving them a chance to use their intelligence, their abilities, and their 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 uh, their skills, uh, the opportunity to take part in higher education, which their resources may not have given them opportunity to have, right? And so it's just to me, it's it's. And making these decisions based on individuals, ultimately. And I know we said, hey, Asian Americans, we're, we're, we're feeling, uh, we're not experiencing this as a collective. Most of the folks who have this conversation, they're thinking about it in my kid, right? Sure. And, and if you're thinking institution, right? Or me, I didn't get the job. But we have to, this affirmative action problem is so much larger than just a, an affirmative action uh, law and constitution. We've got to start looking holistically at the community. We need to create spaces in which everyone actually has equal opportunity for resources, right? We need to be able to make sure everybody's, give me a metaphor here, uh, that everybody's piece of the pie uh, is, is equal so that opportunities and outcomes can be closer to equal outcomes. Uh, but what happens is you go to the pie and you know, uh, you, got, you, got, uh, you got eight kids, and they come into the to the kitchen, and the two who get there first, they take two pieces of pie each. So that's four pieces of pie gone, but you still got six kids left. Right. And the six kids coming in like, what are we supposed to do? And you got to cut up those little pies, the pies into smaller portions. And all we're saying with affirmative action is, hey, 
the next time you come in here for pie, <laughs> you two who got uh, an extra piece, y'all don't get no yeah. pie, right? Because everybody else is going to get the pie that you got. You yeah. know, we're going to take that pie that you already had. And you're going to be mad because you're not getting as much pie as them, but you already took your pie. You took the double last you time. You took the double last time. Yeah. It's not a loss for you. No. It's just people it's getting corrective. actually, it's a corrective. People getting actually what they didn't get the last time. Because you took it. Because you took it and created laws and policies to ensure. To lock it in. That everybody who is from those, the family of those kids who took that, that they keep getting every time they right. come. To the not party. only did you do that, you protected yourself, but then you, you tried to start to pass laws that said it's normal for you to take two pieces every time you arrive. Absolutely. Even though. And, and that they got to cut up the smaller pieces and right. that, and you normalize that, you know, right. that becomes, that becomes the expected, you know, that's enough for you. But for me, I'm going to take a little bit more, right. you know, that's the, uh, that's the condescending, um, supremacist, uh, way of looking at that. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I always give the donuts thing, but the pie works good. I don't know. I always think about it in like, and uh, then the capitalist says, Hey, I took the two pieces because I earned it. I was there faster. And exactly. you, now you got to buy it from me. And that's law of the jungle stuff right there. Uh huh. Absolutely. And I think, let's think about it. So let's think about it in terms of when you look at the Bible, right? God spends a lot of time. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell me. Somebody tried to get me last time I got into this space. I'm not gonna let them do it this time. Uh, uh oh. They uh. Was that the warning? Okay. God, God spends a lot of time getting on people for for taking more mm. than they were supposed to have. Right. And he does that. It, I mean, you can you can kind of look at Israel and 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 and, and manna and all that stuff. But even just in society, you take more. Then you then you need and other people suffer for that, right? And that's considered injustice. It's it's the idea. It, of, it's of, it's not just injustice. It's most of the time in the Old Testament when God is talking about stealing and robbery, that's what He's talking about. Yeah. He's not so much talking about hey, I came over and took your iPad from you. Right. What He's talking about is, I you took more than what was allotted to you. Yeah. And 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 since you took more than was allotted to you, you stole from persons. Yeah who had stuff allotted to them that you now have because yes. you took too much. And he calls that, he calls that robbery. I think when, when the, when the new Testament, I mean, when the old Testament says, uh, 10 commandments say, you know, do not steal. And we have shrunk it down to just petty, knocking somebody out on the petty on, thievery. Uh -huh, uh -huh. No, no. I think do not steal is a, is a, is a command about that, but also about governance, about how business it's supposed to run, but that's another day, another dollar. We could get into it later. I know, but it is, it is part of this, this conversation because it, part of the reason that the corrective of that is this year of Jubilee, right? That's, right? that's mentioned in there. And Jesus talks about it when he first met jumps onto the scene and introduces himself to the world in Luke four, ultimately that he's coming to, to give good news to the poor and set up captive those who are free, right. And, and, and set at Liberty, uh, uh, those, those who are captive, right. And bring the year of Jubilee into the place. Um, God has this corrective in which when, when injustice or, and when injustice sneaks in, there's going to be a correction, which is ultimately justice to bring things back to rightness, which is righteousness this is why righteousness and justice are so many coupled so many times throughout the scriptures. There is a way in which we, as an American society practiced unrighteousness and injustice 
and there are ways in which we are oh, we need to do correctives so that people can actually get an opportunity to flourish and when all people flourish then the whole crew flourishes but the hard part is everybody wants more i had a dude who was my neighbor from canada and he came down and i'm not saying anything about canada they they got their own problems right but oh, one of the things canada. he said there we go one of the things he said to me is like i don't like that the government told me I can't have an $800,000 house. I want to come down. I want to be able to buy as many $800,000 houses as I can, as I can get. Now I don't live in a neighborhood where people are paying 800,000 for their house. I just want you to know he was talking about this. And all I could think was, why do you need so many $800,000 houses? Like what, what, why do you need that? The man said, cause I want it. Cause I want it. And that's just not the version of which that's not how, that's not how we're taught to think from a Christian perspective. Not at all. I mean, you know, there's um, we're going through Amos again. Did I tell you this? No, we're going through Amos again on Tuesday Amos nights with Lord, a with the Bible study. But we were in a chapter, and you know, we were talking about robbery and all that. Um, and I challenged the room. I was like, "Hey, I would like for you guys to give me a really good definition and example of what greed actually is." Mm-hmm. And and I told them, every time you do it, I'm going to challenge it with business. <laughs> I'm going to justify it with business. Okay. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to tell me it's greedy for someone to do this. And I'm saying, no, no, that's just good business. Yeah. In a, in a, in a, in, in our American context, there is no real, I, I want, I want to, I want you guys who, who are listening, if you're still here, right. I want you to listen. There's no real definition of greed in our content, in our culture. There isn't because you know, there's all the reasons why you should be able to get more. Anything that prohibits you from getting more is seen as unvirtuous, unconstitutional, unconstitutional, unjust, unjust. Someone trying to control you. So what you're suggesting is that your appetite should never be capped. Mm-hmm. You should at you should at all times be able to get as much as you want. And regardless of who it affects regardless of how many resources there are in relationship to how much need there is. None of that needs to matter. Simply. I want more. I should be able to have more. And if I can business my way to more, then it's justified. Justified. If I could, if I could supply and demand my way to more justified, it's not personal It's business. And it's just us doing what we do getting that bag getting as much of the bag as we can possibly get there's nothing about that in jesus's life example for us zero about that in jesus not just jesus though the disciples after him very little uh about that in fact you see the you see the opposite of all of them they give themselves away but yeah but greed and and greed is an abomination you know we're big about abominations you know, we got the did other you Obama nations. <laughs> did you, you said Obama. Well, I just want to make sure we were clear because I know people are listening and they like, I know you're not talking politics in here. You said abomination. Abomination. Okay, just it's an abomination. It's you. an Obama's nation. No, it's nope. just uh, we did not say that. <laughs> we did not say that. <laughs> Antoine's no. ideas are only his it's, own. It's, Do not reflect <laughs> the show of color commentary or threaded incorporated. No, it's an abomination, and and greed is an abomination as much as some other abomination that we got a lot of energy about right now. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to mention it. Right. But boy, we know that we know it's some the, abominations. It's in the verse. 
Yeah, it's right. <laughs> it's right. It's two words. It's, I think yeah. it is right uh-huh. before yeah. it. Greed. Oh, but we have a we have a we have mountains of grace for greed. There is nothing but grace for greed. Heaven forbid someone be told they can't have more. Heaven forbid. forbid. Which I think is at, uh, in some ways, the heart of this conversation around affirmative action. Um, and it can go two ways, right? Um, there are people who have been denied for hundreds of years coming and going, I should have. I should have more opportunities. Yeah. Um, and some people say, well, why should you have, right? But again, you can just go to the Bible and you can see the ways in which God deals with those who, who, who steal, rob, whatever, keep those who are on the margins from uh, the opportunities to flourish and have opportunities. Um, but I think also the greed is I shouldn't, there shouldn't be any sort of thing that I don't have access to that. I should be able to, at any point I should be able to do it and I should never yeah, get, I should, I should be my be, own governor. I, yeah. Gov- I should be able to govern my own self. Sure. You don't get to govern me. You yeah. don't. And in thinking, I mean, talking about governance too is, you know, govern government is not a secular, uh, merely a secular idea. God, God is laying out in the old Testament, particularly a way that the people should govern themselves. And many times when they do things that are benefiting uh, and, and robbing from the poor and creating uh, opportunities and ways to, to keep them out of um, survival, even um, God brings a, a, he brings a correction. Yeah. Um, that's what he, that's what we're talking about in Amos. He's about to correct he them in that brings a correction. And so my brothers and sisters, like, We've got to keep talking about this historical injustice and unrighteousness that this country has committed to so many people and so many people groups. And every time we start, we make a, and it feels like every time we make a way forward, somebody comes along and finds a new way to take us backwards. And I say, take us backwards into the powers and principalities of this dark world thinking in which it is it is mine i have it you can't take it from me my child it's about me and we've got to start looking at each other as part of our this is what does it take for our society to survive and thrive together yeah um and i i just i just don't know yeah the opportunities that i'll finish my thoughts with this but the opportunities that you think i said this to uh, several years ago it's probably about Oh, eight nine years ago, but I, you know, this guy was telling me similar thing. Goes affirmative affirmative action was the conversation. He's like, "Yeah, man, you're taking my access of my kids away." And I told him, I said, "Here's the deal. Even if that's true, that it took the access of your kids away from one school, the likelihood of him getting into another school of equal or or maybe even better uh, uh, prestige is high. If you with with affirmative action, if some of those persons didn't get access to this school. They're not getting access to hardly any school. The only schools they have available are a select few uh, ones. So the, the likelihood of your son to be able to rebound and instead of going to X school, going to Y school or Z or A or B or C or D or E or F or G is high. He's not, he's not going to land on his face. Mm-mm. No, he's going to go somewhere because the likelihood is that most schools are favoring your child. So that's fine. But the, but the kids who are on the other side of this affirmative action piece, they don't have all those options. They wouldn't have all those options in a default society where um where people choose normal. 
what's normal to them. What's normal to them. Yeah. Uh, So all that to say, I'm on. I'm in for repealing affirmative action. It's out. <laughs> it's out. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I, I'm I, here I, for it in the future. I, I, I think it'd be something we could celebrate. It's yes. a celebratory. You'd be like, you know what? Congratulations, America. We no longer need it. That would be amazing. And that that's the situation. That's <laughs> People the situation. are celebrating. That, well, yeah, you just yeah. missed not, it. You not, just not invited I'm not to on, that. I'm not on that party. You yeah. just not got yeah. there yet. Yeah, I, I think it, it should keep the conversation going. If we're going to eliminate it, we should be still dealing with the disparity it was meant to deal with and we still need to say okay it, it if we're saying it wasn't good enough to deal with that then we need an alternative we need another plan and i'd be here for another plan if someone wants to have it but uh we're not going to act like i i do believe the problem that it was meant to address still exists and that we need to be doing something uh, okay. instead of furthering into doing nothing well thank you all for listening to another episode of color commentary i hope this was helpful for you i know we were just kind of getting in on a couple of things here but mm-hmm. um this is a place that we can give you um, access to conversations that you might not get to hear. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's there's some folks out there who are maybe having these conversations, but if this is a multi-ethnic crowd, as uh, we know our audience to be, how often do you get to hear, um, particularly two black people talking about affirmative action, kind of untethered? Uh, not Maybe not untethered. Maybe that's not, not the completely, right. But not completely, but just open and honest. But, uh, yeah, like we, I said, we sometimes... <clears throat> Sometimes you need a little hot sauce. And I know that there's going to be people like, oh, my gosh, it's not a winsome way to talk. Or, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. it's that I'm like, no, I think I think authenticity is good. Here's what we know. We got Marcus and myself. We love God. We love Jesus. We love people. And the end, at the end of the day, what we're pursuing is this kingdom reflection. Right. In, in, in the world. And, um, and we're frustrated rightly about the places where the enemy has taken foothold in, in our society and continues to do so. Um, and where we can fight back on that, we should. So yeah. um, it's okay to, to it is. It's okay to, to have some assertion there. And there are going to be other black people who are completely the opposite of what we're talking about. True. You're going to be able to find some that, yeah, and, that, that say the And what opposite. I would say is everybody goes to Amazon, and they look at the reviews, and they see a 4.8 review, and then they look at the – there is a one there. <laughs> I do. There is a one. You do that. I search for the I ones. Know, you I'm looking for the ones. For the ones Absolutely. But what I'm here to show you is it's usually a very small number. And most people would go with the majority of what people are saying about it as opposed to just the exception of it. <clears throat> and you're laughing because you're like, no, I'm I'm because I'm I might be deterred. I might be deterred. By, by the one I get you. I get you. Depends but. on how, how authentic that sounds. Like, hey, man, <laughs> wait a minute. What? What? It didn't last for two weeks. Oh, no, I don't want this at all. Oh, my gosh. You're the guy. You're the one who's making this conversation difficult because they're going to listen to one black guy who's like, affirmative action is not a wait good a thing. Wait a minute. They, that's, that's the white guy's voice? Right? No, black I said it's the black guy's voice because you got to assimilate. If you're going to get in, look, I know. Look, it I've been there. Like, you know what I'm saying? sounded like, uh, uh, what's his name from, um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are you about to? Is Eddie it, Griffin uh, oh, from, <laughs> from uh, Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother. Yeah, he like Undercover Brother. Oh, my gosh. Just just waiting to bite into a man named <laughs> Hey, uh, these are two undercover, not undercover brothers, <laughs> no. uh, signing off here. Color commentary, yeah. colorful conversations by colorful people about Christianity, culture, and race. Again, Check us out. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, and then also check out Threaded. We are threaded.org, organization uh, that's really coming along, organizations and churches, as well as individuals to try to help walk them in from conversations to uh, collaborative cross-cultural community <coughs> action. So become a part of that. If you've got a church that's trying to make its way through some uh, 
some racial issues, racial conflict, or if they're trying to make a move to, to be more multi-ethnic or at least get their people to understand what it looks like <clears throat> to live more multi-ethnically in this ever-diversifying society, uh, we are out there to try to come alongside you. So again, check us out, wearethreaded.com, give us, uh, wearethreaded.org, <laughs> hello, uh, and come and hang out with us and help us come and hang out with you. Uh, glad you guys are listening. Antoine, thanks for being on the show. As always, being here. Marcus, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, uh, thank Marcus, you. thank I'm, you for uh, thank so you for hosting and doing it all together. It's too late. I, had, thank I did it first. You. I did it first. You have to do it Why before I do it. Colorful conversations, true, colorful true, conversations, true. Right. Christianity, culture, and race. As you go out into your world, make sure that you stay colored. Thank you, Marcus. You have been listening to Colored Commentary, powered by Threadit, a biblical reconciliation organization. To find out more about Threaded, check out wearethreaded.org. And to join the show for live recordings and other events, subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out at coloredcommentary.com.